Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our Equipping Podcast. We're excited to start a new series on mission. It'll be a three-part series where we're going to take a look at kind of what we're doing in our church, uh, what we're doing outside of our church as well, both locally and globally. And we're here today with Michael Rhodes. Hey, hey, hey. All right, Michael. For those that don't know you before, we're going to jump into our questions and our conversation. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I've been at Veritas for a little over three years now, and... Uh, my wife, Erica, and I have been married for almost 13 years, and maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be 13 years. Really? Like anniversary coming up quick? Yeah, end of May. Yeah. You, what's the date? May 30th. Look at that. I got it. It's <laughs> that panic moment. What is the date? <laughs> no, no panic just on this one. May 30th, 13 years. Yep. So uh, now we have four kids. I say now because we have a uh, 10-week-old, so we have a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, a 3-year-old, and a 10-week-old now. So how how long is she sleeping through the night right now? Like how many hours? Well, she tricked us. She was doing terrible, and then she slept for a week solid. Like no, no, she did not sleep for a week solid. <laughs> I was like, that's a so, coma. For, <laughs> <laughs> she slept for for a week um, every. I'm so confused yeah. now. So she at slept, night. At she night. Had a there you go. A string for a week. Okay. Yeah, take words are hard sometimes. <laughs> so. Um, then, so it only lasted a week though. So now she's getting up, you know, once or twice in the middle of the night, but at least she goes back to sleep quick now. So I'm still foggy. Obviously words don't work. I I love how you said though, like she tricked us. Like this is an evil child already. Like she had this plan. Original sin. (laughs) Like I'll get him. I'll show him. (laughs) Get him used to the sleeping thing. Yeah. Uh, So four kids, 13 years. And you are from where originally? Originally from South Carolina. And then Erica and I met, I moved to New Orleans to start seminary and then moved to Baton Rouge to uh, work at a church there while I finished seminary. And Erica was a student at LSU and working at the church as well. So that's where we met. So from the South. So I remember phone calls trying to recruit you to come up and check us out, be a part of this church. And the idea of going North was, was a hurdle, um, like, Iowa, especially. That's not necessarily people's main destination. All right. So we're recording this podcast on April 7th, and it's supposed to snow tonight, Jake. <laughs> like, that's not okay. It's it's different. But I mean, to the ends of the earth, you were like, well, we're thinking about China. I'm like, well, how about Iowa? And it's like, yeah, I don't yeah, know if we're thinking still about Still thinking it. about China. <laughs> no. So, Iowa has been great for us. We, uh, Yes, we hesitated moving here. But we are super thankful to be here. What's been a big surprise? Big surprise about like living living in Iowa. Or- uh, I I don't know that we've been crazy surprised by anything. We're just really thankful. I mean the the people of Veritas have been amazing. I mean if it's not for Veritas, I don't know that we would necessarily choose to live here. But because of Veritas, it's just we've said from day one that it's been an authentic and humble group of people. And that has remained true three years into to it. And so it's super, that's what keeps us here. We love being in the community at Veritas, and um, we're growing to love winters a little more than we ever. Uh, Your first winter was the polar vortex. Yeah, like two weeks before we moved, yeah. uh, or two weeks after we moved, polar vortex. 
So I moved back, and I'm from Iowa, so I knew it, but I moved back from the Phoenix area in January, and it was below zero moving in. And I remember having those moments of, why are we doing this again? (laughs) But yeah, Iowa, the people. Yeah, Iowa, has. it really has been great. It's um, it feels like we we just moved from North Atlanta, like a suburb of a suburb of Atlanta, and uh, it was just super fast paced all the time. And like coming to Iowa, like people are more content. Oh, it's the fifth and, season. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> it's the yeah. fifth season. So it has been. It really has been a joy. We we appreciate the four seasons, right? Like, okay, we appreciate all five of them (laughs) as well, right? But we do appreciate the fact that, oh, you get a winter. You don't, like, go to a December bonfire and wear shorts here like we would in the South. So um, we are grateful uh, for the slow season of winter as well to get some rest, and uh, but we're also really ready when spring hits and I can get on the golf course. It makes you appreciate spring more. Yeah, very much so. So living in Iowa is great. It's it's the people. So if you're listening to this podcast and you don't live in Iowa, come on. You, yeah. Let's up your game. Up your nice game. Uh, <laughs> but living in Iowa, the people and Culver's, Butterburgers. There you go. You don't I, have that I, in the I, South. I had never, I'd never eaten at Culver's until last year. And somebody told me we're getting a Raising Cane's. Oh, kind of. let's see. That started in Baton Rouge. So, yeah. Let's see. A little bit of home. A little taste of home. Fried chicken and heart attacks. That's what you get. <laughs> I'm anticipating the opening. I think we'll have to road trip to Coralville, get us some. I may have road trip to Cedar Falls for. Oh, did they got one up there? Oh yeah, I'm not sure. I would eat that in in the Phoenix area. Like when you just do one thing and do it right, like chicken fingers. They figured that out. People have stopped listening to this podcast at this point already. (laughs) We're talking about chicken fingers. (laughs) All right. Let's jump into it. Talking about uh, living on mission. So before we just say, like, you know, what's our purpose and we kind of create it to be our own or whatever we're interested in, we've been given a mission in Scripture. What's the mission that we see laid out in Scripture for us? Yeah. So from the beginning of Genesis, you get God creating the earth as as a good thing. Then he creates... um, man and woman, and it's very good, he says, and he gives them a, a command to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth uh, with his image, with his glory. But then Genesis 3 happens, sin enters the world, we uh, are separated from God. So the, the rest of the Bible is like, how are we going to like get God back? Because mm. he is the prize, he is what we're going after, and so how are we going to be reconciled to God? And you see him using the nation of Israel, and then ultimately you see him using just all, all people, all believers uh, who are disciples to go make disciples of all nations. So we're given this grand mission to go make disciples of all nations. We're to be his ambassadors, um, helping reconcile men back to the Lord. And so it's just a beautiful thing to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. It doesn't just stop locally. It doesn't stop nationally. We want to see God glorified in all the earth because he's worthy of it. It's a global vision, global mission. Sinners separated from God, being reconciled back to God through the Savior, Jesus Christ. And then we get this commission at the end of Matthew, the Great Commission, and that's kind of the assignment. Go make disciples. Go spread this gospel message of Jesus Christ that Second uh, Corinthians 5, where it talks about being ambassadors of Christ, this, this message of reconciliation that in Christ, God's no longer counting our sins against us. Great news for sinners. Mm-hmm. 
we got to go spread that news everywhere, be Christ ambassadors. So the way we say it as a church, because um, there's really only, only so many different ways you can rephrase the Great Commission, but we put some intentional language to communicate something on purpose that we said we wanted to raise up mature disciples. We wanted to send out everyday missionaries, and we wanted to do that for the glory of God. What do we mean when we say that? Yeah, so ultimately, we want to develop people, develop their walk with Jesus, and help them to grow in that. And as they mature in that, we want to send them out. We we don't want to hoard them to ourselves and go like, oh, we've got a bunch of great disciples, and we just keep them in the walls of the church all the time. We want to send them out to be everyday missionaries. So not just a missionary that goes overseas. We're talking about every day of your life, you're living as an ambassador to Jesus. Mm. And so whether you're at the gym, you're living as an ambassador. When you go to the grocery store, you're living as an ambassador. You're an ambassador in your neighborhood, at your job. And so we want to develop people so that when they go out to those places, they are ready. They're ready to share the gospel. They're equipped to love people well, serve people well. So really it's a about developing people, but not just keeping them to ourselves. Yeah, and we chose some words intentionally, like maturity. Just mm-hmm. you, there's you got to grow in your knowledge of God. You got to be somebody who can articulate the truths of Scripture, have discernment to see the lies of the world to represent Christ well. Like you said, everyday missionary. Like it's not just a trip you take, like going to work, going home, going next door. It's it's all the time you're ambassador for Christ, and then. The main goal of all of it is God's glory mm-hmm. for that. So how are we going about doing that as a church? Yeah, so we kind of have a strategy that we're trying to accomplish and uh, kind of six different steps, like worship, abide, learn, connect, invest, and go. So we want to see people, ultimately, before they get to the step of going and being sent out, now that's who we are, we're the sent ones, but... We want to see them like worshiping, and not even just a Sunday morning. We do want to see them gathered together, worshiping with other believers, celebrating all that God's done. But we want to see them worship like with their lives, and that's just the starting point of this like disciple-making mission that we're on. So we want to see them worship. Uh, we want to give them tools to help them abide in Christ, whether it's a Bible reading plan, something like that, to really help them like stay connected to mm-hmm. the Lord stay connected to Jesus, and then we want to help them learn. So there may be areas that they're deficient in or maybe not as educated in, and we want to help equip them, whether it's the ambassador's class or other ways like that. Then we want to help them stay connected, connected in a connection group with a group of believers because living this mission is hard. It's not easy, and when you're out there and you're getting rejected you're getting uh, frustrated. We want you to be able to come back and go, man, we're having a hard time. I'm having a hard time with this. Can you guys pray for me? So you're living in community. And then ultimately, we want to give them tools to invest in other people's lives. And so to live out this disciple-making mission as an individual with other people, we want to help them to do that through our D groups. And then ultimately to go. We want to see them as a worshiper living this out in everyday life. Yeah. A lot of them, when you think of mission, you just get to that last one, go. Okay, what are we doing? But so much of what we're doing is really developing the believer in order to carry out this mission. Uh, I remember coaching football, uh, one coach said, develop the, the player, not the play. And that always stuck with me because in strategy and coaching, we're like, all right, this play is designed to work. And you spend so much time trying to craft the play. But every play is designed to work if the players know how to block and catch and tackle and you know 
But if you spend more time developing the player, your plays are going to work. You want to get those skills. It seems like as a church, we're saying we want to develop people who know the Bible, who um, are in love with God, who, who are in community, and that's going to overflow into mission in their life. Yeah, and the, the play of disciple making, like, that works. That's God's design, <laughs> so it's going to work, but we just want to have people mature in the way that they do that, yeah. because you can't mess it up, <laughs> but, like, God's play is going to work if you do it His way. Yeah, so when we think of outside our walls... Uh, let, let's talk about that go aspect. What What is our approach to ministry outside of the walls of Veritas Church? Yeah, so we want to see people live sent lives everywhere they go, and we believe like the one thing we really want to own is equipping our people to do that. So we're going to, again, have those classes, we're going to have worship services, all that kind of stuff, really to develop and equip them to be that. So this is kind of an audacious uh vision here that we're do we really believe that we're gonna see christians share their faith with other people <laughs> yes we do <laughs> okay yes because that's one of those things where it's like you talk about it it's clear in scripture but it's like the expectation of no that's actually what's going to happen we're going to bring up the gospel to unbelievers in our community in our city to to present Jesus Christ to other people. And the, I think the great thing is we were at a staff meeting the other day and we were sharing stories about what God had done or God's doing among our people. Well, that was an amazing staff oh, it, Just to hear the people that are actually sharing the gospel. It's not some pipe dream. It's the yeah. way that they live their lives. Like so-and-so share the gospel. That per- person became a believer. Now they're getting baptized. And it's happening all across yeah. our church. So, yeah, it's not just some idealism. Uh, it's yeah. reality. And I say that jokingly mm-hmm. because I think the church at large has often talked about, hey, we need to share the gospel, we need to share the gospel. And by and large, a lot of Christians don't do that. Um, Veritas Church, you guys do this, and we're always blown away and encouraged and personally challenged how bold you are in sharing the gospel with people. So that's that's incredible. Yeah. So back to we want to equip our people. That's what we kind of want to own. We Then we want to catalyze different strategic partners, whether that's uh, strategic partners in our uh, local community or strategic partners globally. And that would be, we want to strengthen local churches and under-resourced communities. The thing that we want to own for us uh, as a local church globally, we want to own church planting in major university cities. And we're part of the SALT Network, and we have a love for college students and the next generation. So we want to see, we want to really be about helping churches be planted or churches be strengthened, not to just do a bunch of different missions. Yeah, and if you stop by our building, well, don't stop by. You're an attender of our church. As you come <laughs> on Sunday, go down that hallway where the elevator is and look at the wall and the map, and you see a bunch of dots. Those are places we want to see churches get planted. Um, I think the white dots are, are places we want to see churches get planted, and then is it blue? Is blue there's is blue in and, process, and then orange. Orange is there's a church established yeah. there, uh, so make sure you check that out. Yeah, so we we really want to see churches planted, and um, we want to do that nationally in different communities, college communities all over this country, and then internationally we want to send teams. We don't we we absolutely believe we want to raise up everyday missionaries to live life here, but it never ends locally. Yep. Like the end of this mission is every tribe, tongue and nation worshiping Jesus in heaven. And so like it's people well outside of greater Cedar Rapids. Mm. It's it's to the ends of the earth. Amen. And we have the greatest 
news in the world to share. When you think about our mission, it's adventurous, it's challenging, it can be scary, but it's not like we're out delivering bad news. Yeah, We're out delivering the greatest news of the world, and our God is worthy to be worshipped um, by everyone. He's the creator of all things, and we're excited for this mission. So the next couple podcasts, we're going to be looking at uh, more into what we're doing locally and what we're doing globally as well. I think you're going to sit down with Sam and then you're going to sit down with Nathan and have those conversations. And Veritas, we're a church that's passionate about being on mission. Hopefully these podcasts can help you do that. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line. 